Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Rick Never Heart Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way He originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad y'all are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, Feel free to call me at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go to our chat room, which is available right now on our website. You can send your questions, prayer requests, or well, just whatever you want to just ask. Also, for those who are on social media, you can catch me on ReconnectMyHeart.com. ReconnectMyHeart.com, as well as on Facebook, where Brother Prater, under my name, Brother Prater, or on YouTube, Brother Prater. I would like to say hello, hello, hello to each and every one of you all. Thank you all for y'all continued prayers and support. I hope y'all had a great, great day. <clears throat> Without further moment to do what I want to do, I want to bring in some things, uh, bring some things up to you all. Um, hopefully y'all don't hear any feedback. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. 
Um, today I'm gonna, I have to kind of change up some things. I had um, a little adjustment, but thank God that God always work everything out. Um, you know, there are many churches that are uh, still not open because of the pandemic, and thank God, even at our church, um, we do have um, our services on <clears throat> online on the Zoom call. So for those who are interested in even joining us on Sunday school, Sunday morning at 9.45 or on Tuesday night at 7.45, feel free to get in contact with me. Um, we have True Believers Tabernacle Church and I can give you the information uh, later on. Uh, you can call me inbox me text me it doesn't matter i give you the information so that way you can be able to join us so today what happened uh today we was talking about um the subject of love and you know being able to matter of fact actual the subject matter was loving like jesus give us confidence that we live in him and so there was a deep discussion that kind of came out of it and then also on the same token because of uh, the adjustments that I had I was into a conversation with someone uh, actually a couple of people today um, and it really made me think I'm like well you know what everything work out for a reason I may have to just bring this up tonight in tonight's podcast and so tonight podcast what I want to talk about the episode what I fell for then, I won't fall for now. No longer falling for foolishness. And the reason why I brought that up is because a lot of times there are people who try to use us as believers or those who um, have come to Christ. You know, they try to run game on us. And a lot of times the people who, you know, we love, we may respect, those who we do for, though, look here, we don't mean them any harm, but yet and still there are those who would try to take advantage of us because of our belief or because of our Christian faith. Or they feel like, well, you know, well, you, you know, you the Bible said turn the other cheek. That doesn't give you permission to hit me. And what it is is that because people have gotten to the, uh, the verbiage which it is in scripture where it says um, turn the other cheek okay that but understand what does that mean in its proper context does that mean that if somebody just come up there and just slap the mess out of you does that mean that you're just supposed to take it and not defend yourself oh no 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 First of all, we as believers of Jesus Christ have the right to defend ourselves. Yes. Also, we are told, well, you know, we're supposed to be meek. You know, we're supposed to just take stuff. The answer is no. We are no punching bag. I really wanted to emphasize about that. That's what I'm going to talk about today. What I fell for then, I won't fall for now. Now, true enough that we may have fell for the okie-doke in the past. We may have been used and abused in the past. And even before you got saved, you may have got tricked. But 
Now you have come into the understanding of who you are, your rights. You don't take no mess from people. I don't care who they are. The main thing is, first of all, you make sure that you know your rights. One of the things I always tell people as believers, you need to know your biblical and legal rights. I always tell people, quit relying upon people to tell you what your rights are. You need to read it for yourself. And we're not just talking about in the Bible, but we even talk about even pertaining to work. We need to know even pertaining to just society. You have civil rights. And what people don't understand, you as a citizen of America, right now um, I'm hosting in the United States of America, but don't you know in whatever state or country that you're in, you have rights as a citizen of that country. You have rights of the country, of the state. But it's your responsibility for you to do your homework, what we call do your due diligence, study to see what your rights are. You can know, you, you cannot fully understand your rights if you rely upon other people to tell you you have to know it for yourself. You have to study. Do your research. One of the things I believe in when we do your research, I believe in documentation. Even in the Bible, it tells us it is written. Anytime Jesus had an encounter, matter of fact, when he was tempted, we, we, I was talking about earlier today when he was tempted by Satan. And Satan gave him scriptures but it was twisted. It was distorted. Every time Satan would say certain scriptures and twist it, Jesus would always say, it is written. And he, what he said, he said what was written in this proper context. So if Jesus, one of the things we always say, Jesus is our role model in life. He always said what was written. In other words, documentation. And so a lot of times we're just thinking about, well, you know, you know, uh, when, I, when I get to heaven, all my problems will be over with. But don't you know there are some problems that God wants you to solve right here on earth? It is your biblical responsibility as a believer. And I'll tell people, some people may get offended, but I'm going to have to say it like it is. As a minister of Jesus Christ, we kind of stop saying, well, you know, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray about it. We say that as an excuse because we're too lazy to fight or act upon it. We use it as an excuse. Now, what you can do, if you asking God for empowerment or for the knowledge of how to handle that situation, then that's understandable. But there are some people, the reason why they say, well, I'm just going to pray about it, their motive is actually saying, well, I don't want to deal with it, so I just see if God can just let it just blow or let it just, you know, just uh, escape. Uh-uh. We know God knows the intent of man's heart. So understand, there are some people that say that, and we hear them say, well, you know, I'm going to pray about it. Are you really going to pray about it? Are you really asking God for instructions about that situation? Or... Are you just trying to pass the buck? Hmm. 
So understand, as believers, we have rights. As believers, it is our responsibility to act. We are supposed to be proactive, not reactive or inactive. Hmm. That's the thing. That's why a lot of times a lot of our prayers won't get answered because we're expecting God to put it in our hand. And God have already given us the ability. One of the things my one of my I ain't gonna say one of my favorite. He was my favorite. My favorite minister, Evangelist Kevin Hall. One of the things that he would always speak about, God would not put it in your hand. He will put it within your reach. In other words, he'll put it right here, but it's up to you to what? Put forth the effort to go get it. And that's what we have to do. God wants us to stop being naive. God wants us to stop being people's punching bag. God wants us to stop falling for the okie doke of the games or the trickery that people may try to throw upon us because of us being naive. Point blank. You know, um, at work, I work in the jailhouse, and I remember some years ago, you know, I don't believe in, you know, broadcasting. Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a, No, my main thing is, number one, my life. Let my life introduce who I am. Your words don't introduce people to who you are. Because there are some people, they introduce who they are verbally, but their lifestyle don't coincide with what they're saying so what you do is let your actions be your introduction and then let your words be the confirmation but if you if you speaking to people who you are but then they have to find the confirmation through your actions then there's something wrong your actions supposed to speak louder than your words your action speaks for your words your your actions are the one that draw people. But your conversation and your words let people know and let them know how to live the Christian life. In other words, people should know that you're a Christian by the way you live. And then when they see the way you live, that will draw them. And then what happened, your verbiage that will confirm your actions, that's what's going to help them to understand, you know what? The same God that did it for me, he can do it, do it for you. The same God that did it for me, he wants to do it for you. That's the key thing we have to think about. So, understanding with these games that people try to play upon us, we need to smarten up. As believers, we need to smarten up. We're not dumb. We're not stupid. We're not a punching bag. And true enough, in the Bible, it tells us about being a, a sheep. You know, sheep. But see, the thing is, people think that we are the one that's supposed to be so gullible and so, well, you know, that's the way it is. Oh, I'll let God, you know, God going to take care of it for me. Or maybe it's just God's will for me to be a punching bag or be abused or be used. That devil is a lie. No, no, you are somebody. You are royalty in the eyesight of God. You are God's child. You are heirs of God and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. So if you are part of the royal family, 
then why are you being treated or you allowing yourself to be treated less than a member of the royal family? Why? I want each and every one of us to examine ourselves and ask ourselves that. Is there any part of your life right now that is not living up to the standard in the code that God has for his children? If it is something wrong, if it's not lining up, then you ask God, God, where's the problem? One of the things I always say as believer of Jesus Christ and as children of God, whenever there is something in our life that does not line up with God in our life, then it's one of three problems. It may be something wrong with God. It may be something wrong with God's word. Or it might be something wrong with us. <laughs> something to think about. So if God is true and God is a God is a, a, a man that should never lie. Hmm. So God is true, then that means there's nothing wrong with God. Okay, and so if God's word, if God's word was established by God and it is true, it's reliable, then that means there's nothing wrong with God's word. So if nothing wrong with God and there's nothing wrong with God's word, then there must be something wrong with us. God has given us, as believers of Jesus Christ, he has given us the power and the authority, the power and the authority that his son, Jesus Christ, used right here on earth. The things that Jesus did on this earth, we supposed to exemplify the same thing. If you really think, if you really get to the heart of it, one of the things we always say, Jesus was our role model of how, <clears throat> me, of how to live here on earth. But not only was he our role model to live right here on earth, but he's also our goal model of how to get to where he is right, right now in heaven. He is our role model and our goal model. So we have no excuse. We have no excuse. So it's time for us to stop living beneath our rights and privileges of children of God. One of the things I wanted to share with y'all, in children of God, you know, when we deal with people and standing up for our rights, one of the things I always tell people, understand, you have to, when you deal with people, because I'm going to tell you, there are some people that's going to try to run game on you. There are some people that are going to try to take your kindness for weakness. And there are some people, I don't know if I mentioned earlier or not, but there are some people that just say, well, you know, you're supposed to be meek. Or you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to fight back. But they think that meek means weak. No, it doesn't. Meek means discipline or strength under control. I always use this analogy pertaining to uh, meek. You get a bodybuilder, 300 pounds, you get him an egg. You get a four-year-old kid, you get him an egg. You got both of them with eggs, with uncooked eggs. Both of them have uncooked eggs. Now, 
Look at the stronger one, that 300-pound bodybuilder. He has the ability to smash the egg into pieces. While that little baby, hmm, let's say, like I said, maybe three years old, that three-year-old kid, hmm, ain't no telling what he can do. But the egg is fragile. But you think about it. That strong, powerful, 300-pound man got the egg and has the ability. He has the ability to crop, to crumble it up in millions of pieces. But what does he do? He get that egg and he barely tap it. Do, 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 to be able to barely crack the egg for him to be able to make some egg salad. Okay. It took discipline. It took discipline. He had the strength. He had the ability to smash it. But it took discipline for him to use enough pressure to barely crack instead of destroying the egg. But that three-year-old kid, ram! <laughs> he gonna smash it to pieces and it will not be used for the purpose of what it was intended for. Why? Because he destroyed it. Even though that three-year-old kid, he was bigger. Excuse me, the three-year-old kid was smaller. But that 300-pound man was bigger and had the ability to smash it. But he used discipline in order for, it, for him to not put more strength than was needed. So that goes to show you when it comes down to the ability and the purpose that 300-pound bodybuilder used enough strength to execute the assignment that needed to be done next to crack the egg in order for him to get the yolk and everything out. So that's the same way we have to look at pertaining to um, being meek. Being meek is enough to accomplish the assignment. Enough strength, enough ability. Sometimes it may even take enough discipline to get the point across. You know, so that's something for us to think about. But also on the same token, understanding when it comes down to uh, dealing with people. One of the things we always tell, you have to deal with people in however and whoever they are. Because you have to understand and accept who you're dealing with. That's who they are. You can't, well, uh, 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 make excuses. No, that's them. And you have to treat them accordingly. So one of the things that we always say in Sunday school, you have to look at people into two different categories. Those that are saved and then those who are unsaved. Those that are saved and those who are unsaved. Now, if they are unsaved, then that means that they have not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So if they have not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that means that they're not going to act like Christ. They're going to act like who their spiritual father is, the devil. So understand, that's how they are. You can't expect them to have the nature of God when they have not accepted God's son, Jesus Christ, as their personal Savior. That's something you have to recognize, regardless if they related to you or not regardless of how long you've been dealing with them or not, you have to accept that's who they are. 
accept that. When you accept how a person really is, that's half the battle. When you accept how a person really is, then you'll know how to deal with them. But as long as you haven't accepted who they are and how they are, you're going to end up being more stressed. You're going to be irritated and everything because you are in denial. And God is having you to wake up. God wants you to wake up and smell the burnt coffee. Stop allowing yourself to give people passes or excuses knowing that's not who they are. This is who they are. Their character. God is revealing their character in their red flags. You just got to accept, oh, that's him. Accept who they are. Accept who God is revealing to you. Um, there's an old saying by Maya Angelou said, when a person show you who they, who they are, believe them. Stop being in denial. We have given people, we have given people so many allowances. Look, for free. And guess who been paying for it? We have. We have been paying for it. Thank you, thank you. Dr. McCain, knowing is half the battle. That's true. We have exerted so much energy, time, and effort being in denial. That's that's something that God is trying to stop us from dealing with. And you know what? A lot of times, I don't care how nice, how kind-hearted you are, a lot of times we're the one that's missing our own blessings. And it's not because of what we're doing, but sometimes we're giving people passes and they're the one that's hindering our blessing because there are some people that God trying to take you somewhere or try God trying to give you what you're asking for. And a lot of time, it ain't you so much that's the problem, but it's the choices of the people that you have in your company. Because he knows if, if you're asking God for a boat to go on a journey, and he knows that you have somebody in your company that's ready to dig a hole in your ship for all y'all to go down, do you think God just going to give it to you? No, because he loves you. But he's trying to let you know, hey, hey, this person person that you got right there you know uh that person ain't right that person got some ill agenda but what we'll do oh well you know i'm praying for them i'm praying god gonna change them i mean look here let me tell you something you praying for somebody that prayer ain't for them that prayer is for you let me explain when you praying for god 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 change them god change them first of all understand what your motives are now, it's one thing as a parent that we praying that we're interceding for our child or for our loved one. That's one thing. But what is your motive of you praying for that person? You praying for that person, for that person to become your husband or that person to become your girlfriend or your wife? Oh, so in other words, you praying for them because you want them for yourself, not them for God. Oh, so that means that your will or your agenda you have as more priority than God's agenda for them in their life. Okay, the other thing. When you praying for somebody, especially in that matter, like I said, I'm not talking about, you know, you praying or interceding for your child. I'm not talking about that. But when you praying for somebody, especially pertaining to a potential mate or whatever like that, when you praying for God, when you praying for them to change, that prayer ain't for them to change. 
that prayer is for you to accept in case they don't change. That's the thing. In other words, that prayer is for you. God, if they never change, help me to accept that's who they are and help me with the wisdom and with the heart to move on. That's what that prayer simply means. And so what happened while somebody praying, oh God, change them, change them, and they never change, but God is trying to change you. Then what happens, you end up wasting your time. Or you overriding God's spirit and you saying, well, well, I'm a, see, see, I'm praying for them and they ain't changed. So that might be that God want me to help them to change. And you know what you're doing? You end up going down a slippery slope. Because now you're stepping outside of God's will and also God's assignment in your life and for your life. That person ain't your assignment. And unfortunately, there are some people, even pertaining to courtship, there are some people trying to make them a partner. They try to make them their partner. So in order for them to become their partner, they first make them their project. And listen, a project can't be your partner. And your partner ain't no project. In other words, your partner, you have to accept them for that's who they are. The person that God has for you, that you praying for God to give your husband, he's already made. He's already established. Look here. That ain't somebody that you have to, well, I'm going to help them get saved. Listen, sit down and realize you can't change no man. I know that there is a saying, there's a an author that said, you know, the, the, the right woman will make the right man change or the right man will change for the right woman. No. You know what that is? In biblical terms, you know what that is? That's witchcraft. God don't operate in witchcraft or voodoo or anything like that. Manipulation. That's manipulation. We don't operate that way. You got to accept that's how they are. That's who they are. And realize, if you asking God for a husband, don't you know the God, the, the husband that God has for you, he's going to drive you closer to God, not drive you closer to the crazy house. Hmm. So this, this is one man to another. This is a man talking to you to let you know you ain't got look here you ain't got to advertise your body no real man is trying to lay up with you or talk you out of your matter of fact i'm gonna say this while i'm thinking about it <clears throat> i'm glad thanks lord for reminding me i had to write this down i was talking to somebody today and it hit me this revelation hit me and it blew my mind i'm gonna say it anyway if um this is to the women if a man is talking you out of your clothes, he's talking you out of your anointing. If a man is trying to talk you out of your clothes and he ain't your husband, if he talking you out of your clothes, he's talking you out of your anointing. I got, look here, you can tweet that. A real man of God ain't trying to talk you out of your clothes. He trying to talk clothes upon you. He trying to clothe you with love, with respect, with chivalry, with kind words. He trying to esteem you, raise you up. You ain't got to 
ask him, hey, how about we go on a date and you pay for the meal? No, no, no. He want to treat you with respect, with royalty, because he understand not only who you are, but whose you are. He, a real man understands that. One of the things I always say, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of deviating from the message a little bit, but I'm going to say it like this. This scripture said this uh, this scripture God gave me a couple of weeks ago and it blew my mind. I, I made a short video about it, but it says, "The man that finds a wife findeth a good thing and obtain favor from the Lord." That man that finds a wife be able to distinguish, identify. A young lady that has wife material, a man that's not trying to change a woman to become a man or a wife, a, a man that's able to identify a wife. So in other words, an established, mature, spiritually, mentally, emotionally mature man that findeth a wife. One plus one, the man that findeth a wife, what does it equal to? The man that found a wife findeth a good thing. The man that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. He, look, look here. He's aware that you're his good thing. And guess what it'll equal to? A man of God, a whole man of God, a good man of God, equal a good wife for him. What would they equal to? Find a good thing and it would equal obtaining favor from the Lord. So the mature man, the mature woman equals favor from the Lord. So this is what you need to do. I want you to I want you to examine this. Observe this. If you're that good wife material, if you're that good young lady that's ready and seeking God for your husband, but you have somebody that's approaching you and he does not exemplify man qualities, I want you to ask yourself, do you see the results of favor from the Lord? If you don't if you don't see favor from the Lord and you living right and you doing the right things unto God and there's nothing wrong with your relationship with God and you were doing good before he came that means that person right there is holding up your blessing and you plus him does not equal favor from the Lord so that's letting you know that that's not the right one for you hmm or to the guys, let's talk about that. The guy, good man, soft man, proper man, be able to uh, talk to God, pray, have a prayer life, study habit with God. And you meet a young lady and you realize, you know what? Hmm. Is she wife material? Is there a mix? You know, are, are we compatible? Are we not just mentally mentally compatible, emotionally compatible, but are we spiritually compatible? And you were doing good before she came to the scene, but now 
she's in your camp or she's with you and you realize it seems like your blessing's been cut off. Seem like every like everything been sabotaged. You know, you you up here trying to pray, you up here trying to talk to the Lord, and it seems like she she get jealous because you want to have time with God. You, she get jealous because um every time you talk about God, hey, you know what, God been good, you know. Hey, how about we go ahead and have lunch and you get ready to bless the food? I don't have time to be doing all that. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That's letting you know that ain't of God. So understand that. The person that you're contemplating on going with, being with, do you see a compatibility, a spiritual compatibility? Look at their relationship with God, and this is for male or female, Look at their relationship with God and also look at how devoted and committed that that person is with God. If that person is not committed to God, they sure won't be committed to you. I Look here, let's be real. I don't care how you lay it down. I don't care how you can drop it like it's hot. I don't care what all type of uh, 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 crazy stuff, sexual act you can do. If they're not committed to God, you can do all the tricks you want to. They sure won't be committed to you. If they won't be committed to your God, they won't be committed to you. And I'm going to say it like this. This is a little nugget also. Understand, if that person, if you're supposed to be a child of God, if you're supposed to be a child of God, you're a child of God, and God is your spiritual father. I don't know if I had said this uh, last week or not. But if God is your spiritual father and you dating somebody who ain't saved, that means that God is not their spiritual father. That means Satan is their spiritual father. And if Satan is their spiritual father and you're trying to link up with them or even marry them, then that means not only you as a child of God and you got God as your spiritual father and they ain't saved that means that the devil is their spiritual father and also Satan or the devil will be your spiritual father-in-law that's something to think about so going back <laughs> I have to say it like this I had mentioned look at people to two categories if they're saved or unsaved so now you see those that are not saved. You can't expect anything out of them because they're acting like their spiritual father, the devil, Satan. Now, if they are saved or if they profess to be saved, if people that are professing to be saved, regardless if they're your job, they're in your family, if they're professing to be saved, now you have to look at them in many categories. In uh, uh, many, M-I-N-I, -I, many categories. Understand their level of spiritual maturity. Understand their level of spiritual maturity or their level of spiritual immaturity. That's something we have to accept. A lot of times we just think, oh, because of somebody said that they saved or because somebody carried a Bible. Oh, 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 they, they, they say, they say, or somebody wearing a suit or let's keep it real. Some of them in, in a position in church. Now, true enough, we respect the position, 
But that does not mean that we let our guards down and allow people to use us as a walking mat. The devil is alive. One of the things I always say, when I learned this at my job, this meant so much power to me. When people have the ability to write you up, understand that the pen pushes both ways. You understand that? The pen pushes both ways. In other words, if somebody is trying to say, well, you know, uh, brother so-and-so, you're not supposed to be doing that, you know, you know, like, wait a minute, wait a minute now. Okay. Well, actually, I didn't do that, but I saw you. You have no authority or no right to talk to me or treat me that kind of way. Well, yes, I'm the pastor. I'm the pastor. I don't care who you are. You a child of God and I'm a child of God. Listen here, God does not love one more than the other. That's something we have to understand that. But there are some people that would try to make you feel that they are more superior because they might have been saved longer than you or they may have a church position or title. But when it boils down to it, all of us that are professing to be believers of Jesus Christ are God's children and he loved he love all of us equally. Think about this. In the Bible, it says that he is even married to the backslider. So if he's married to the backslider for someone who has backslidden from their relationship with God, what about the one that's consistently in a relationship with him? I want you to think about that. I don't want anybody that's watching or listening. And just in case somebody that may be watching on here, just in case you feel like, well, you know what? This may not be suiting me, but there is somebody I know that's being spiritually beaten up in their church home. Because we, we do have some loving leaders in these churches. But also, we got some leaders in some of these churches that is trying to use their members, abuse their members, using their authority for their own selfish gain, regardless if it's financial gain, with power, or even a sexual gain. I'm telling you what I know. You know why? Because I always say it. I work in the jailhouse. I see it a lot of times. Matter of fact, the floors I used to work on was the abuse floors, the sexual assault floors. And there were people that were in there I saw all the time, and some of them were ministers. So understand, there are some people there are some people that have a true heart for God that are leaders, have a shepherd's heart. There are true. There are some that are that way. But then there are some who does not have a shepherd's heart. They have a sheep heart. Excuse me. They have a wolf heart. They have a wolf heart. They're waiting. I'm telling you from I'm telling you from experience. I deal with I deal with many churches. I deal with many people in the jail. I'm telling you what I know. I've not only dealt with the members who have been hurt by some of the leaders or some of the members, but I've also even dealt with some of the pastors. I've dealt with them. Like I said, I'm telling you because I'm, on, I'm in both worlds. I'm in the ministry, 
but also I'm in law enforcement too. And Lord bless, I'll say it, Lord bless, this coming January, January the 4th, it'll be 28 years that I've been in, I've been dealing with it. So I'm telling you what I know. Some people may not have been privileged to understand what goes on behind closed doors within law enforcement. Some things are public record, some things are not public record. But I'm telling you, so that's why, matter of fact, I'm going to share this with you. When I first started working at the jailhouse, I asked God, God, what was my purpose working up here? Because I had no clue what my purpose, what my identity was supposed to be. And you know what God told me? God told me he wanted me to be ready. Eventually, I didn't know everything in detail, but he knew I was going to be a minister. But you know what God told me? God told me before he prepared me, he had to get me prepared by being in the jailhouse so I know how to deal with the church house. He had to train me at the jailhouse to prepare me for the church house. I said, wow, I didn't know that. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I was one of the ones that was very naive. I was very naive. I was the one that I thought because somebody wore a suit to church, somebody wore a long dress, oh, they were saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and they were five, they were not going to sin, they were not going to do any wrong. That was what I thought. Because I wouldn't think like that. I wouldn't think anything bad or crazy or try to do anything that will hurt somebody physically or even spiritually or emotionally, anything like that. But yet because I didn't do that, doesn't mean that the other person wouldn't do that. So understand, there are people that God wants to be aware of. And God wants us to not just read his word, but study his word and know him. See, when you deal with people that try to tell you things, number one, you understand even when it came down, I think I mentioned earlier, even when Satan was trying to manipulate God, uh, the word of God to try to tempt Jesus. God, God's word is true and established. But Jesus was able to identify not only the words, the key words that Satan was taking out to deceive, but also the motive and its content. We got to know God's word and study God's word. So that way we won't be fooled by this, by Satan's act. But also, this is something I do have to say. I was speaking to a, a minister friend of mine. This is something that I want us to really understand. Do we really put em emphasis and importance in studying the word of God? I'm going to say it like this. As a parent, we will get on our child's behind if they're not doing what they're supposed to in secular education. Is that right? We will get on their behind. Now, it's one thing if they have a quote-unquote a learning disability where they're, they're trying their best and they need extra tools to be able to really understand what the lesson is. That's totally understandable. But for that child who's too lazy to study, you have to whoop them to get their homework done. You have to tell them to read and do extra. Or they're not spending quality time and paying attention in class. 
So in other words, we'll get on them when it can't when it come down to secular education. Okay, so because that's what we supposed to do as parents. But while we getting on them about their secular education, don't you know that that same child is waiting for their parent to start studying in their spiritual education. So how can we chastise our child and they're not doing their part with secular education, but on the other hand, they ready to get on us because we're not doing our part with spiritual education. That makes sense? So in other words, before you get on your child on what they're not doing with their education, you first examine yourself as the parent. Are you doing your are you doing what you need to do? Are you doing what you're supposed to do about your spiritual education? Hmm. I thought about that. I was like, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. So how about we as parents, we set the model. We set the example. We set the example for the children. Okay? You know what? Because if you really think about it, education never stops. As long as you're in this world, you're going to forever be learning. Now, true enough, you may graduate from secular school, but there is something called a school of life. And every situation in the word of God can help us in the situation we deal with right now. In the, in the, in the what you call it, the hard knocks life. Everything we're dealing with pertaining to this side of life is already been written and established and God has already given us the tools of how to handle it here on earth. We pray all the time. We pray about, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But in order for you to know what God's will is, that's in heaven or that's in earth, you got to understand what it is. What's this, look, what is written. Understand what it is. So, with that being said, I have, like I said, I, and I know uh, this might have gone somewhere, but you know what? My main thing is, I hope this is something that's been helpful and for us to understand that this is something that we need. We need to understand what's going on. We need to understand what it is for this life that God has for us. Now, also understanding, I was mentioning about dealing with somebody that's saved and someone that's, uh, excuse me, someone that's not saved and someone that's saved. And then once you establish, if they say that they are saved, then you deal with them according to their spiritual maturity or lack of maturity. Now, the key thing, what we have to realize, there are some people, excuse me, there are some people, their understanding is bad. But the key thing is, as long as you're doing your part, understand, hey, look here, that's all you're required to do. Do your part, do it in love. But also, don't stretch yourself out where, uh-oh, hello, 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 okay. I don't know what happened, but um, hopefully I'm still on the air. I am on a video, but for us to be able to understand, you know what? As long as you're doing your part, 
You're doing your part. Do it in love. God not going to punish you because of their actions. If you doing things in love and they still not receptive or whatever, then you know what? That's not on you. Don't stress yourself. Don't blame yourself. Don't beat yourself up or punish yourself because of the response or the behavior of others. We're not responsible. We're responsible for our own actions and our own response. You know, some people, well, you know, I just, you know, I, I just try to, I try to try to just do right by everybody. And you know what? You can be the nicest person in the world. And don't you know there are people that will still hate you? And the key thing is, understand, a lot of time is not because of you. A lot of time it's the what's lacking within them. And what's lacking within them, what happened is a lot of times somebody like you, sometimes just our life, sometimes because we might be happy, we might be just, you know, I'm going to say it like this. When someone's at peace and they encounter someone that's not at peace, you can tell there is a difference. There is a difference. In other words, that person that's not at peace, baby, to identify, you know what? That person got something that I want. That person got something that I need. That's something we have to recognize. But understand, if somebody's like that, then, you know what? Understand, if by chance, somebody may not like you because of you being who you are, somebody not liking you because... Well, you know, that person always happy. Well, you know what? Thank God for that. That's not your problem. You just do what's right in the eyesight of God. Also, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pull up I'm gonna point out some things. Um I have I have pointed this out today and it really caught my attention because God wants us to Use wisdom and stop, like I said, stop being people's walking mats. You know, we have to understand that there are wolves in sheep clothing. We have to understand that there are people that Satan may even try to throw amongst us. To what? To try to take us out. Uh, matter of fact, my uh, godfather said a great analogy about the wolf. Is designed to what? To isolate. In other words, sometimes the wolf will what? Get the weak. Get the ones that's isolated from the pack. That's why it's so important for us to continue the fellowship. And not just continue the fellowship within the church, but also, I'm going to tell you something. Even amongst family and friends, understand this. When a person has a bad agenda, or I'm going to say it like this, those who may have been in a uh, unhealthy relationship. One of the key things that the person may try to do to prevent you from being around your roots, from being around your family, your friends, they would try to isolate you. They would try to make sure to even sabotage some healthy relationships within some of your friendships or even family. Mm. Well, you know, I, I, I don't, no offense, but I just don't like, I just don't like them. I don't like them. What's wrong? With them? But they act like they too good. And what what happened, they'll try to plant a seed. All they're trying to do is isolate you so that way they can have you to themselves and for themselves. 
And what happened, you were so used to being around your family and friends and communicating with them that all of a sudden, what happened? Now you're isolated. And now they're trying to make you, they're trying to make you what? They're trying to make you come into their world. They're trying to change everything about you. All they're trying to do is take you from under your roots, your familiarity. They have an agenda. They have an agenda that's not healthy. Understand that this is something that is not right. And like I said, this is one of the establishments of an unhealthy relationship. It is not just in relationship pertaining to dating or even a, a relationship pertaining to friendship, but even sometimes even relationship within the church. Because like I said, there are some, there are some people, they'll tell you, oh, well, you know, I'm your, I'm your brother and sister now. I'm your brother and sister in Christ. You don't need them. You don't need them. The Bible says, and see, they'll use scripture for their own selfish greed, for their own selfish manipulation. Well, you know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to shone away from those who are not uh, uh, um, or within this church. They'll try to create another world for you. That's not God's will. I'm gonna tell you something. You really think about it. They trying to see how far are their boundaries that they can get, so that way they can take control over you. Like I said, they might have a motive of selfish gain, greed, financial greed. You know, you spend all your money, all your money. First of all, you got responsibilities. You got responsibilities. You're giving all your money to this person in the church, but you got bills you got to pay. Your kids are hungry. Your kids got to get school supplies. Listen here. God is no fool. God has given us wisdom. God wants you to take care of your responsibility. The Bible tells us, you know, uh, uh, we're supposed to what? We're supposed to start off ministering in Jerusalem. That means you start at home. Your best effective witness is how you treat your family. Your best effective witness is how you people, how you treat people that are within your circle. Now, true enough, there may be some who may come to Christ because they see the change in you and also the love that you give them. But also some of them same ones, because I'm like I said, I deal with them. I've heard them. I've seen them. I had shucks. I can go on and on and on, but one thing about it, when it come down to it, anytime somebody try to isolate you, that's an unhealthy relationship. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's within a relationship or friendship or even in church. No, that ain't healthy. I'm going to tell you like that. I'm going to tell you like this. When people tell you, hey, you might need to check that out. Don't think, well, you know, that person, you know, they they, they, they have my best interest at heart. Uh Uh-uh. God has your best interest at heart. I'm going to say this. One of the things I I was telling somebody this some time ago. How many members, how many members does a pastor have in a church? How many members do a pastor have in a church? I don't care how big of a church, how small. I don't care if it's a neighborhood church or a community church or an outreach ministry. 
how many members do a pastor or does a pastor actually have? I'll answer it for you. You ready? Zero. Zero. You know why? Because no pastor have members. Those are not his members. These are God's members. God's members. God's children, not his children. God's children. I want you to look at when was the last time? And some of them may say, well, see you, we, we, we got you in training. Training what? Scrubbing the floors? That's not training. That's not teaching humility. You know what's going to teach you humility? You get into the word of God. Matter of fact, I got this right here. You get into the word of God and you learn what, what, what God's word says in its proper content. And then you practice it and you put it into actions in your life. This is what we spoke about today about love. And if you look at it, put it right here. The fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit. Why in the world did they call it the fruit of the spirit? Because it what? It's supposed to produce something. Now when we think about produce, Produce or produce. There is something else that's beside a fruit that we see in the produce section of a supermarket. It's called vegetables. So if that's the case, then how come they called it the fruit of the spirit and not a vegetable? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to pull out some things. Um... Produce. What is the difference between a fruit and vegetables? First of all, understand the main difference of a fruit and a vegetable is what part of the plant it comes from. A fruit is defined as the mature ovaries of a flowering plant that is edible. Also, a fruit develops from the flower of a plant and contains seeds, while a vegetable does not have seeds, but it consists of a root, stems, or leaves. In other words, a vegetable is every other edible part of a plant. So the fruit is the mature ovaries of a plant. And then also it has seeds. And one of the things you think about, any item that has seeds can produce after its own kind. It can replicate the same thing. But a vegetable doesn't. You look at, you look at, um, they called it uh, seedless grapes. Was that naturally made? No. It was made in a lab. And one of the things that we always hear, 
they always tell you if you really want natural food, if you really want things that are natural for consumption, they say eat food that was made from a plant, not made in a plant. When they say plant, that means in a lab. So in other words, God made things for it to be able to produce. And so when you deal with the fruit of the Spirit or the, the fruit of the Spirit, which we often talk about, uh, matter of fact, it said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, uh-oh, goodness, uh, got two pages stuck together, here it is. Goodness, patience, kindness, faithfulness, and last but not least, gentleness and self-control. Hmm, self-control, that sounds familiar. Hmm, meek. Strength under control. Hmm. So understand, when we deal with people we have to look at, do we see the fruit of the Spirit that came from God? Because understand, if the fruit of the Spirit is love and the eight other things that we said, all those things combined will equal the fruit of the Spirit. And understand, when we say the fruit of the Spirit, it didn't say fruits. No. Each item does not each item is not a specific fruit of the spirit each nine qualities combined equal a fruit like i said it's two different distinction distinctions that would make a natural fruit once again a fruit is defined as a mature ovary and its location. A, a fruit is defined as a mature ovary of a flowering plant that is edible. Also, a fruit develops from the flower of the plant, the location. So in other words, understand the location and then any other part of the plant that's edible equals a vegetable. So in other words, even looking at the location and the placement. So in other words, if it's not coming from a genuine place or a specific place, then it's not going to be a fruit. It'll be a generic vegetable. And so if a person does not have the right motive, understand you gotta you gotta check it out because it may not come from God. One of the things I always say, God is not the author of confusion or drama. Man is. The devil is. The devil is the author, but we tolerate or we receive the same mess or the same foolishness and allow that into the hearts and minds lives of other people. And that's not God's will for us. But I had to bring that up because when God began to share that with me, I was like, wow, 
Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, that was very, very intriguing. But understand, we have to make sure to use wisdom. And also, I'm going to say this. Even when you think about it, God does not want us to be wasteful with our time, our tip, our time, our talent, our heart. God wants you to be protective of your heart and the things that he has for you and the things that he has given you uh, as steward of. We are supposed to be good stewards or good managers, the same thing. Stewardship, management. And that also includes your heart. That also includes your mind. That also includes your peace. God wants you to be very responsible for that. So understand, we are so, 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 so on the verge of the blessing that God has for us. But don't you know, just like how God want to send his blessing, the devil want to send a distraction. God want to give you your blessing. God want to send your blessing, but the devil want to send a distraction. We got to understand this is our responsibility for us to be able to understand that God has so much for us. God want us to be responsible. God want us to really be mindful of what he has for us. But I, I wanted to bring this up because understand, one of the things I always tell people, God does not want us to automatically start trusting people and giving people stuff when they have not earned it. God wants us to be wise as a serpent for harm himself to dove. In other words, even the Bible tell it, lay hands subtly on no man. That's that's a scripture I'm going to live for for the rest of my life. I had to learn that. I had to learn that. And God wants us to know that. Well, quit giving people allowances when they have not earned it. Understand this. Respect is given for free. We respect people no matter what. But trust has to be earned. But what happened, the reason why we have gotten in trouble is because we try to make people earn respect and we give trust for free. And we wonder why our heart is always getting hurt. We wonder why our heart is always getting used. Why people always use me? Oh, I'm a good person. I always try to help people. No. You're the problem. It ain't them. They're only doing what they mimic their spiritual father do. God didn't tell you to help them. See, you thought that it would be a good thing for you to help them. But the Bible tells us also, man ought to always to pray and not think, which means not to lose heart, not to give up. But did you consult God if you should do that or not? Okay, even if you prayed and asked God, should you or should you not, did you wait for his response or did you take it upon yourself to do it? If you can't say amen, say ouch. Sit down. Wait for God's instructions, and if he tell you don't do it, quit pouting. Or, oh, why? Why? Grow up, get up, and stop allowing yourself to be a walking mat. Lady of God, man of God. This is what I have to say. Even in God's love, he will withhold if we're not responsible, mature, or don't have the right spirit about something. That's the same attitude you must have as a believer. In other words, if you see somebody not mature enough, not responsible enough, 
to handle what you want to give them. I don't care if it's a blessing. I don't care if it's your heart or whatever. If you see that I'm mature, if God not going to give you something that's going to harm you, then why would you give somebody something that's going to harm you or harm them? I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to get rid of the closing in a few minutes. But not everybody can handle your heart. This is for someone who may be single. Not everybody can handle your heart. Not everybody going to respect your heart. Not everybody going to treat your heart or cater your heart. So why allow somebody to be responsible for your heart when they're not even obeying and responsible or being responsible of their own heart or of God's heart? They're breaking God's heart by the way that they acting just by themselves. What make you think God going to be pleased when you're giving somebody that ain't even obeying him, ain't even accepting him as their personal savior? What make you think you're going to please God in your relationship when you put your heart in the hands of someone that ain't even saved or delivered? I'm going to say it like this. This might be offensive to some people, but you want a bad boy? Well, bad boy have bad problems. Bad boys also have bad consequences. But you saying you want a bad boy? Hmm. What in the world do you want? So, <laughs> as we get ready to close, this is the thing. Understand, God wants you to stop allowing what used to trick you in the past trick you now. Look here. You're older. You're mature. I don't care if it if it happened last week. This is a new day, a new week. You should be even one week smarter. One week smarter. Seven days stronger. Are you going to allow the same okie doke that you fell for in the past, or are you going to fall for it again? So many people, they go from relationship to relationship, but they still dating the same type of dude. But they saying, maybe if I could just love him enough. Oh, well, you know, um, you know, well, well, I got needs. No, you need to be at the altar repenting and ask God to help you. Well, you know, uh, well, well, if if I don't give him no sex, then he might, uh, he he might go to somebody else. Maybe it's God's will for me to be able to just be. I mean, we're gonna get married anyway. God does not bless devilment. Like I said, I'm talking to my young ladies. I'm talking to my fellows. It's time for us to wake up. Don't you know we living in perilous times right now? Who would have thought, let's say five years ago, who would have thought five years ago we were, in 2021, we would be in a condition where we wearing masks, we in a pandemic, and people are dying left and right. People that we know. Now, there may be people who may be watching, well, you know, that pandemic, you know, it's just like the flu. I know people that are dying. I know people that have died. I lost two co-workers this week two co-workers and there was nothing wrong with them so understand we live in times we got to be praying 
We got to be concerned. Yeah, ain't no time for no foolishness. There ain't no time to be disobeying God. Ain't no time for us to be, well, you know, I'm going to tell you like this. If you that hot that you can't cool off, if you that so hot and bothered sexually, go, go to the courthouse and just marry the first person that you see. Because that's pretty much what you're doing. You have a better chance of doing that than to deal with the person that's acting crazy, disrespectful, and all that stuff. If sex is all you want, hey, go ahead. If you're not, listen here, I'm going to say it like this. If you can't trust the person you think about, if you can't trust them with the keys to your house, why would you give them the keys to your heart? Think about it. Is it, is your sexual needs that important and more important than your relationship with God? The blessing that God has for you? I want you to think about that. You need to understand who you are. You understand who God is and who you are in God. Quit being people walking mad. <laughs> Just wake up. This is the time where we can no longer accept being second-class citizens in our own communities. Being second and third-class citizens within our own lives. The devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And a lot of times people just think, oh, they're just spiritually. Or, uh, well, well, you know, they don't take me out. But also, he want to steal your identity. He want to steal your birthrights. He want to steal your, and listen, steal, kill, and to destroy. When I think about the word destroy, that means act as if you never existed. He want to wipe out you and your legacy. Something for us to think about. But my question I always asks, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? So in closing, this is time for us to be aware. It's time for us to stop playing church and it's time to stop allowing people to play church. One of the things I always say, it ain't how high you jump when, it, when you shout, but it's how you walk when you land. This is a very serious, serious, serious ordeal right here in life. Jesus is soon to come. And there are people right now that we need to be on our assignment to help promote the, uh, the uh, help promote kingdom building, help promote God's agenda here on earth. It's time for us to walk the walk that God has for us to do. Time time for us to quit playing games and I was, like I said I was uh, having a conversation with a great friend of mine one of our church members you know he was matter of fact um, I even saw it on Facebook there was a young lady that was um that was talking and she had to get on Facebook saying can you please tell this minister the minister was married and he had a picture there was a picture of him and his wife and it said apostle somebody can you please tell him to quit inboxing me and it showed the inbox, hello, hello, hello. I, look here, I saw it because there were some when my sister was living, there were some that were trying to holler at my sister, those that were married too. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how about we have lunch sometime? And you know what my sister said? Oh, that's great, but make sure if we're going to have lunch, make sure you bring your wife too. That shut them down. 
See? See, we'll we'll be the main ones shouting and telling people what they need to do behind a pulpit. But when we leave the pulpit, we are some of the most wicked people. We're doing some devilment behind closed doors, but this is the time that God is going to expose some foolishness. And the foolishness is not going on outside of the church. It's going on within the church. That's one of the reasons why there are some people that's leaving the church right now because we are badly mis we are badly misrepresenting Christ. There are people that are hurting. There are people that need to know who Christ is. And you know what we're doing? We're doing all this crazy stuff. We end up getting these women pregnant and we telling people, oh, well, I'm coming and praying for you. And then next thing you know, we're using our title and position as a cover and we land with them. Yeah, I see it. We having these agendas where we're pulling people outside of the fellowship of God. And you know what? You know who God going to hold responsible? God going to hold you responsible. God going to hold you responsible. Lying, not just lying verbally, but lying with your life. You telling people, well, you know, uh, 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 you need to do this, you need to do that. Well, I'm head bishop this and head bishop that. And you know what? Right now, if God came right now, would you be repenting for your actions? Or if God take examination, an examination of you right now, are you hiding something? Are you trying to live another life? Are you having a hidden agenda? That's one of the things. I'm going to tell you like that. Those that know me, I'm going to add some old minutes to this uh, podcast. We, we're, getting ready to, we're getting ready to wrap it up, but I have to say this. One of the things I believe as a man, and this is me, I'm a proud young black man. But one of the things I take pride in, I believe in being a man of integrity. Anytime somebody, if, if you want to tick me off, one of the things I believe in, I believe in being a man of integrity. If I say, if I say something or do something, I believe in being honest and upfront because you know what? My main thing is, I not only have to answer to people, I even answer to my son. I got to answer to God. I, tell, I told my son the other day, look here, I said, if you want to know where I'm going, I said, um, do you have the right to ask me? And he said, uh, well, no, because you're an adult. I said, no, you do have every right because you're responsible for me. Just like I'm responsible for you, you're responsible for me. You're responsible. You got every right to know. You got every right to know. You say, he said, well, you, you're an adult. No, that doesn't matter. You came from me. I'm your father, but you're my son. So if you need to know, if you want to know where I'm going, I got every right to tell you. I got every right to tell you. But also, on the same token, when people try to hide stuff, lie about stuff, watch them. They're wicked. The Bible, that's why the Bible is so clear about a lie won't even a lie won't even tarry in God's eyesight. Why a lie? Because a liar is deceptive. A liar is wicked. Not just in what they say, but their actions. Their actions. And we as believers of Jesus Christ, we gotta stop this foolishness within the church. We gotta stop it. Because God not gonna 
judge the world. He gonna judge us, the house, because we're the one that's supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be the salt of the world. But how can people know Christ when we are misrepresenting Christ? It's time for us to wake up. I don't care who you are. It goes from the pulpit to the pew. It goes from the pulpit to the choir stand all the way to the back door. This message does not exempt anybody. It includes everybody. But the thing is, you got to know God for yourself because I'm telling you from personal experience, I've dealt with some of these wicked ministers, some of these conniving preachers and pastors. And also, this is the thing, I'm, I'm, I'm not knocking members of the church. First of all, church is great. Church is great. But the thing is, that's the building. We talking about the people. And so many people are dealing with church hurt, but in actuality, it's people within the church that's hurting the people and preventing them from coming within the building, but most importantly, preventing them from knowing who God really is. They're falsely representing Christ. This is what we got to help. This is what we're trying to get back. We're trying to get back the standard, the ethics, and the morality that's supposed to be in the house of God. And I am burnt out and sick of seeing the foolishness that we have allowed within the church. And we wonder why some of the people talk about us as believers. Why? Because you know what? We have done some dirty things. Not all of them. There are some that's doing the work of God that has the heart that's really helping and really trying to change the lives in the communities and all that stuff. But while they're doing it, there are some other ones. They have the ability to do it, but they have their own agenda. They have their own wickedness. I was dealing with somebody the other day, and they were saying, oh, matter of fact, this was a couple years ago. This lady lost her child. And you know what? They were at the church, and instead of them being ministered to, they were talking about them. Well, you know, your child died because of blah, 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 blah. Oh, you need to get over it, blah, 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 blah. Like, wait a minute. Really? Uh-uh. That's why I tell people, when you see things and it don't exemplify, it doesn't resemble God, you say, look here, that ain't God. I don't care who it is. And look here, I'm going to say it like this, and this is a minister speaking right here. If you don't want them to lay hands on you, they ain't got to lay hands on you. Because there are some people, oh, you just got the devil in you. They're like, wait a minute. If you touch me, you know that's an assault. I don't care who y'all. You look here. You got to call like you got rights as people, but as long as we just tolerate stuff, you know what happened? We end up getting ourselves. Well, you know, I guess it is God's will. Or well, you know, I guess, I guess this, I guess that. In other words, I want to say I'm gonna have to get ready to wrap it up. But the, in the Bible, it tell us. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. And don't you know the devil can always try to bring accusations throw upon you to throw you off? But also, not only to throw you off, but also those are suggestions for you to accept or reject. Because let's just say 
somebody accused you. Look here, you've been at work in Dallas, Texas, but somebody come to your house and say, hey, uh, I think you robbed that bank in um, in uh, Los Angeles, California. What? That wasn't me. That wasn't me. See, that's an accusation. And you weren't even in the area. You were in a whole different state. But what happened, that accusation, if you accept it, then not only you accept a crime that you didn't do, but guess what? You're going to end up being relocated and being punished for a crime you didn't commit. That's in the natural. But when you accept a lie that the devil have said about you, the accusations, it's the same thing. But a lot of time, the imprisonment that you receive is not physical. It's mental and emotional and also spiritual. You keep saying, well, uh, 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 they, they said you ain't never going to be nothing. You, you, your mama said you ain't going to never be nothing. Your grandmama said you ain't going to never be nothing. Or you know what? You, you know, you made a mistake. Yeah, you had a baby when, when, uh, when you were young. But you know what? You ain't gonna, nobody wants you. Nobody loves you. You listen to that junk. And you know what? But maybe nobody will ever love me. I did make a mistake. Maybe, no, maybe I'm not lovable. And you know what happened? Because of that mindset, now you're accepting every offer that the devil trying to put forth because of your low self-esteem that he thrusts upon you. God didn't say you'll never be nothing. God didn't say you'd never have somebody that's going to love you. God said, look here. If you ask for forgiveness, if you turn from your wicked ways, listen here, we've all made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. But the thing is, are you continuing to wallow? Are you continuing to punish yourself? Don't do that. But if God has forgiven you, he wants you to look in the mirror and forgive that person that's in your mirror. You. Don't look here. If you already know that the devil is the father of lies and the author of confusion, why accept anything that he's trying to offer you? I'm going to say it like this. If you dealt with somebody that's been trying to kill you, trying to set you up all these years, then all of a sudden they come to you and say, hey, I got something for you. Are you going to accept it? Well, they did smile, but you know, I, I do want this. I, I, I do. I, they got my favorite color. They got my favorite uh, uh, flavor. I'm going to take it. Look here. That person been trying to set you up to kill you, and now that person got something that because it, it fits what you want, but you got to realize that's not what you need. You got to understand the source. If you understand the source, then you understand, uh-uh, I don't care what that person brings. I ain't, I ain't accepting it. Don't accept. You got to start talking back. And listen here, while the devil is whispering in your ear, you got to let your voice be louder than what the devil's whisper is. While the devil whispering in your ear, you got to speak out loud out of your mouth to your ears. Quit. Well, you know, well, you know, uh-uh. And don't contemplate or rationalize or have a meeting with the conversation that the devil is trying to bring to you. No, you reject it immediately. All these accusations are the devil's red flags. So if the devil is giving you some red, if God is presenting some red flags that came from the devil, then you need to recognize it and immediately reject it.
So with that being said, I hope there was something that was said to really open up your eyes and help you to understand that God has so much for you. And this is the time right now what you used to fall for, the game that you used to slip on, God trying to make you mature and make you understand who you are. Like I said, God has given you the power and the authority. Power and authority. Listen, power and authority. Power being like a big, uh, uh, a big policeman in the middle of the street that's able to push or stop somebody. Hey, don't come any further. I don't care how that person push, that police officer is able to stop them or prevent them from moving any further. That's the power, the strength that we have. But that ain't all we got. We got authority. You can be a little bitch with an itty-bitty gun and a badge, and you get in the middle of the street. Stop. And before the truck ever comes, because of who you represent, is able to stop a Big Mac truck. That's something you have to think about. God has given you the power and the authority, but you got to know your rights. I want to encourage each and every one of you all from the day forth, quit feeling sorry for yourself. Quit accepting the foolishness and the conversation and the words that the devil have been telling you or even your enemies or even your past have tried to revisit in your head. One thing I always say, when the devil try to bring up your past, you bring up his future. This is something for us to wake up and smell the burnt coffee and start realizing who we are as children of God. Stop being a fool in this life. Yes, I say the word fool because to be honest with you, I hope you get mad enough. Oh, he's, he called me a fool. Well, no, I'm not calling you a fool. I'm just looking at maybe you made some foolish actions. But the key thing is, if you're going to get mad for me telling you, how about you get mad at the devil trying to fool you all this time? I want you to get mad enough to do something. Get mad enough to do something. Don't do it for me. Do it for him, but also do it for your family. Don't you know your children are getting tired of seeing mama being a, a, a walking mat? Mama being used and abused by these men. The children are tired of seeing daddy being beat up by the system. Daddy tired of feeling like he got to sell drugs to make ends meet for his family. When God is trying to make provision for you, you may not find a job right now, but you know what? God can give you something where you end up starting your own business. It is possible. And you know what? Even somebody who may be having a felony right now, don't you know it ain't the end of your life? There is a chance right now, but how bad do you want it? You praying for change, you want change, but you know what? Change first come right here and here. It's not going to come from them, it's going to come from you. Sometimes opportunity comes when we wake up in our mind, you know what? I gotta, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk in the purpose and plan God has for me. And just like in the Bible, it had 10 lepers. They were sick. And Jesus told them to go show themselves to the priest. And what happened? They were healed as they went. You got to make up in your mind. You know what? I don't know where I'm going, but God, you're going to lead me to a job. And as you get out the house, God may be ordering your steps 
for you to get the job that he has for you. That's what, look here, you got to have this mad, crazy faith. A lot of times we, you know, we hear the scripture, well, all you need is the faith of the size of a mustard seed. Nope. And you're not even understanding the content of what that means. It ain't the size. First of all, that mustard seed that we know in this uh, Western hemisphere in the American culture, the mustard seed ain't really the size that the Bible was talking about. It's actually smaller. But why what was it talking about mustard seed and it's smaller than what we understand what it is? The main thing is the end result of that seed. That's what it means. Because mustard seed, when it's planted down, it goes all the way to the ground. And after the seed dies and then it roots start developing and all that stuff, it goes deep to the earth. And it goes deep down until it grabs hold. The roots grab hold to something. And after it grows and grabs hold to something, then it sprouts up. It may not be very tall above the ground, but when you get under the ground, it is it goes down and it spreads out. It connects down to the bottom and also it spreads out. In other words, think about the end result. What is the end result of your faith? Of your quote-unquote mustard seed? And understand, even if you try to uproot it, look here, it ain't going to move. Why? Because it's established. Allow what you're dealing with to establish you as a man or woman of God. Don't allow the adversity to intimidate you. You intimidate it. This is the opportunity to exercise everything you've been taught about God. Everything that you've been seeing, well, the Bible moved for grandmama and for this and that. Uh-uh, let it move for you. So as we get ready to pray, I want each and every one of us from this from the day forth to start examining our life and look at what God has for us and helping us to understand everything that God has for us. Look here, it's within our reach. But I always say, how bad do you want it? Dear Heavenly Father, we coming to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. We ask you all to help us, God, to be the men and ladies that you call for us to be, God. Help us, God, to no longer fall for the devil's traps or the booby traps, God. But help us, God, to exemplify your spirit, God. Help us, God, to be able to move by your spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, help us, God, to obey you and trust you in every area of our lives. In the name of Jesus, we bind everything the devil stands for. We counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, even for the opportunity, God, to have the testimony, God, of what you've done through us and in us right now, God. Even what the devil meant for evil, God, you have turned it for our good. So, God, we ask you to help us, God, with the strength, with the courage, God, to be able to go head on right now, God, in the purpose and plan you have for us, God. We ask you to comfort, God, the bereaved family, God. We ask you to comfort those, God. Who, are, who have lost loved ones right now, God. The Blue family, God. Miss Blue right now, God. We even hold up uh, Miss Bookman's family right now, God. We even hold up uh, the Finley family, God. Hold up this Dallas Sheriff Department right now, God. There are those that are so much uh, going on right now, God. 
not only in dealing with their grief, but God, even dealing with their hurt, God, even dealing with their frustration, God, even with dealing with the anger, God. God, we're speaking right now, God, that you help each and every one of us right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we're speaking, God, that you intervene, God, whatever there's problem, whatever there's conflict, God. We ask you, God, to intervene, God, and be the interpreter right now, God. Be the intercessor right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we speaking, God, even we praying for uh, this nation and nations as a whole, God, all around the world, God. We speaking to leaders, God, right now, God, national leaders, God, naturally and spiritual leaders right now, God, and international leaders right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we speaking, God, and covering, God, all law enforcement and personnel right now, God, and even those, God, right now, God, even in the inner cities, God, even those around the world, even in the political arenas, God, we speak it right now, God, right now, God, that you intervene right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God, in the name of Jesus, God, we speak, God, that your let wisdom, God, let your word, let obedience, God, take root and take priority, God, let you, God, be the first line of offense right now, God. God, we speaking right now, God, that you help us right now, God. There's someone right now, God, who may be lost right now, God, who may have lost, who may have not found their way, God. We speaking, God, that you help them right now, God, to understand who you are and who they are in you right now, God. There are some right now, God, that are out in the streets, God. They've been dealing with drugs, God. They look like they they feel like they're lost. They feel like giving up right now, God. There are some, God, that have. That they have had suicidal thoughts, God. Felt like giving up, God. Help them to understand, God. That's not your purpose and plan for them right now, God. You have an agenda for them. You have a purpose, God. You have a need for them, God. God, and let them know, God, not only that you have a need for them, God, but their family needs them right now, God. There are someone who may not feel important, God, who may not feel loved, God, who may not feel appreciated, God. There's someone dealing with mental health issues and problems and depression right now and frustration right now, God. We speaking right now, God, that you minister to their minds right now, God. In the name of Jesus, someone who may be looking for employment, God, open up the avenue right now, God, for the, for them to be able to have the employment that you have for them, God. In the name of Jesus, we hold up churches as a whole right now, God. We speaking right now, God, for the leaders, God, for the those who are, are doing the assignment, God, who are plowing the fields right now, God. Thank you for the leaders uh, that have your heart right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for the leaders, God. Thank you, Lord, for the leadership right now, God, that is submissive to you, that is obeying you, and that love your people right now, God. But, God, we even hold up those who may have ill agendas, God, ill motives, God. Give them that desire to do the right thing right now, God. We even speak, God, for those who are operating in hurt, God, operating in anger, God. God, we speak it right now, God, that you help them to understand, God, that you want to heal them, God. But in order for them to be the effective leader, God, they got to seek you and be healed first, God. Because we know hurt people create hurt people right now, God. And hurt people hurt others, God. So, God, we ask you to help us, God, to no longer hurt people as ministers, God, but help people to be healed right now, God. In order for us to help heal people, God, we got to be healed first, God. So, God, we ask you to help us, God with the attitude, with the mindset, God, that will praise and worship you and obey you in all of our activities, God. Help us, God, to not be disqualified, God, on the assignment that you have for us right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your hedge of protection right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, say amen, amen, amen. 
I thank you for watching this video. If those who may be uh want to get in contact with me, feel free to contact me on Brother Prater, B R O T H E R Prater, P as in Paul, R A T as in Tom, E R. You can catch me on Facebook. Uh, you can see my daily devotion and um, videos, but also you can go to my website at brotherprater.com. You can see my daily devotions and upcoming events, also my personal appearances. Also, for those who are interested, you can purchase, uh, go to the store section where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and the responsibilities towards their family, their children, and also even their children's mother. But also, the book is also there to help not just the men, but also the ladies too, to help them to understand what the qualities of a potential uh, future husband or father's children, but also it helped them and minister to them even if there's any hurt within them because of a man, regardless if it's a boyfriend or a father. Also, I have another book called The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper. It's a tribute to my sister Sheila Prater that uh, that we also lost um, due to domestic violence. Uh, my sister Sheila Prater. Um, I want to thank each and every one who tuned in and I hope and pray that there was something that was said that would minister to you and encourage you, most importantly, to get closer to God. So I want to thank each and every one, and God bless you, and good night.